I remember returning to the hellhole my mother used to call home. It crushed my soul stepping foot in the house, knowing I wasn't welcome. My young mind didn't know much, but I sure knew that something there wasn't right. The only reason someone could even identify that as a home were the mailbox and the old house numbers resting nervously on the steel above the shattered windows. The bills weren't paid. The fridge was vacant. And the only thing my mother seemed to care about was a tall bearded man and the white candy he used to make for her. My sisters and I were on our own. Being on our own at a young age has matured me and gave me a strong work, work ethic in life. Those like me, who had nothing at a young age, really try to push for success. It was an unusual Monday evening, and I was returning home after an intense game of basketball. As soon as I crossed the threshold of my neighborhood, I immediately felt the unusual desperation I go through as I go home. But today, it felt a little different. As I turned the street to approach my house, I was shocked to see the police cars parked all throughout the street and a few cops surrounding my mother on the front porch. I paused for a quick moment, stuck in shock and confusion. Should I go home or run like I always do when things seem to fall apart, I asked myself. It didn't take much to convince myself to see what was going on. I rushed to the house as fast as my legs would take me. As I approached my doorstep breathlessly, I become the center of attention. My mother's eyes screamed remorse as she rushed towards me in an attempt to hug me, but I quickly shrugged her off. She told me that my little sister got out the house again and that everything was going to be okay. The officers got her attention to continue their talk. I stood there for a moment, trying to make out their adult talk, but soon this strange lady led me inside. Usually, I would have given her a fight, but she bribed me with a McDonald's Happy Meal. I followed her, and I have a seat on the couch beside my sisters. I could tell they were bawling their eyes out because their eyes were bloodshot red. I tried to lighten the mood with a joke. You forgot the barbecue sauce, but they can't even make a smile. So I quit talking and start observing the police searching my house. Some of the police were searching recklessly. Some were bagging up evidence. Others were taking pictures. But this lady stood out the most. She was an overweight African-American woman looking as if she was in her late 30s. She stood there quiet as a mouse studying us how a tiger would stalk its prey. Confusion overrid my sanity and I soon grew angry. I was angry the police got comfortable in my home. I was angry seeing the hopelessness in my sister's eyes. But I was most furious at the fact Crystal failed me. Failed us as a mother. I was too tired, too young, and too innocent to even comprehend the situation I was in. Fear came running down my eyes, and daggers struck my heart as my mother returned in the house. I felt as if we hit rock bottom, or did rock bottom hit us? My thoughts started to confuse me. My mother comforted my sisters, but it was too late. The officers handcuffed her right there in front of us and took her away. I couldn't bear to watch them strip us from my mother. She wasn't near the best, but she was still my mother. Soon after, the strange lady told us to pack our bags. I hesitated, but soon after, I followed my sisters up the stairs. I went to my room to say my goodbyes. I laid down on my bed, hoping I could just fall asleep. 
and never wake up. I just wanted to escape the world. I was too sick to my stomach to even pack up. So I grabbed my wallet and my iPad my father gave me before he went to prison. I put on my shoes and I rushed downstairs. The lady is waiting at the front door for me. Your sister's already in the car, she says in a soft, comforting voice. I turn back to look at the scarring childhood home I was raised, starved, and abused in. I walk out the door and I don't look back. I don't see my mother. Just a parade of nosy neighbors and the glaring lights of the police cars. I feel a million eyes watching me. I get in the car and I don't speak. She tells us that we're going somewhere safe. I never even knew what safe meant. I look back at my sisters to check up on them. Usually, I would know how to comfort them, but this really killed me on the inside and left me clueless. The tears uncontrollably from, fall from my eyes. We soon arrived to this big building in downtown Dallas. She led me and my sisters to a room with two bunk beds. Surprisingly, I felt safe. I wondered what they did with my mother. I asked myself a series of paranoid questions. Was she going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? What's going to happen? I asked myself. I forced my eyes open. But soon after, I give up and drift into a deep, deep sleep. I awaken to the sound of a familiar voice calling my name. Dad? I say surprisingly. I haven't seen him in years, so I hesitate to hug him. My sisters are so sleepy, so he decides to carry one of my sisters as I carry Zoe. I ask him, where are we going? He responded in a warming voice, home, home sweet home.